Uh, hey, Richard, it's JJ. Uh, I just wanted to give you a call and ask, uh, how you remain so, uh, positive all the time because, uh, sometimes you can get really stressful and, uh, really, really tough. Uh, the stress is incredible. Really. Well, JJ, you know, sometimes I just take a walk in the park and look at the trees and the birds and realize that life is an up-tempo haiku that takes you down a caramel slide into an ice cream sundae of pure delight. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, so should I just go outside and, uh, 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 walk around, uh, look around and, uh, uh, feel less stressed about things? Uh, I can't wait to try it. Yes, uh, you see, JJ, all the colors in the palette of life paint a picture. I can't begin to tell you how absolutely delightful it is. I haven't stopped smiling in 62 years. Even when I go to the dentist and they tell me to smile, I say, I already am. Uh, okay, well, uh, thank you, Richard. Uh, from one guy with initials in his name to another, you are A-OK, my friend. Uh, I'm so used to doing interviews that I almost ended this by saying, uh, I'm just very excited for you to see it. Uh, I just can't wait for you to see it. But you have seen it. You've seen The Rise of Skywalker. I have, JJ, and all I can say is The Rise of Skywalker was absolutely terrific, and I'm honored to have been in it. Thank you, JJ. You're wonderful. Oh, wow. Now I feel like I can write three more of these. So, uh, uh, thank you, Richard. Talk soon. Oh, and JJ, I love Star Wars. You're listening to this broadcast. Here part of the Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. How are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. We have a great show for you today. Uh, a lot of exciting things to talk about and reveal. And boy, how about J.J. Abrams and Richard E. Grant getting into it? A little motivational call um, exclusive um, that we were able to capture for you guys and provide that to you here. So um, you won't find that anywhere else. And it was 100% real, which is great. So we we're honored to do that for you guys. Um, again, great show today. Uh, I'll get into um, what we got going on in our lives here in a minute. But first, James and Lacey are with me. It is the week of The Rise of Skywalker. The movie opens everywhere uh, in the U.S. three days from now. So it's upon us. And just so you guys know, uh, this is a non-spoiler episode. We're not going to be spoiling anything that's going to be going on. So don't worry about that. We're here just to have a good time, talk some news, and, uh, and shoot it as we always do. Uh, guys, how are you, James and Lacey? Good. Um, discovering lots of things like that the honey mustard they give you for the chicken tenders at Steak and Shake actually is better on the fries than it actually is on the chicken tenders. Like, so, you know, is that my a, life's that good to right now. Yeah. Hmm. Good. Lacey? <laughs> Any condiment uh, revelations for you, Lacey? No, I don't know what to say to that. All right. <laughs> Hi. All right. All right, guys. So today, <laughs> as you're, <laughs> what do I say to that? You got nothing. Right. The, the honey, the honey mustard small talk is is not one of our strengths here. Um, <laughs> but uh, speaking of honey mustard and nothing that's related to honey mustard, uh, today, uh, Lacey and I are going to be in LA because we are attending 
the world premiere of The Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to be walking the red carpet and rubbing elbows with uh, people that are way more important than we are and trying to do our best to act like we belong there. And that's the name of the game, folks. Uh, no, but we are really excited to attend this. Um, Lacey, I'll get to you in just a moment. But uh, I, I'm very excited to go to this. Obviously, one, because it's an honor to be able to attend it. Uh, so I want to thank Val, Star Wars Newsnet, for um, allowing me to go. And of course, Disney and Lucasfilm for inviting us to all these events that we've been going to. James last week with the Global Press Conference, uh, getting to talk with the higher ups and the writers of the movie, and now us getting to attend this event. Um, it's so exciting, and I'm really happy that I'm going with one of you uh, because being by myself the first time and not even knowing that many people at the time was a little overwhelming. And I, I feel like I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to do in terms of socializing and, and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, Lacey, you are joining me uh, on this venture. Uh, how, and this is going to be your first one. So uh, what, how are you feeling? I mean, today's the day, even though we're obviously recording this ahead of time to break the fourth wall. But um, mm. are you pumped? What's, uh, what, what, are you, what are you feeling? I'm nervous and excited. Have, That's it. Yeah. 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 Kind of. I don't know. I don't I won't know what I feel like until I'm there, I guess. I'll probably take a shot walk before up to I people? go. What? Are you going to walk up to people? And say hi to people? I guess it depends on the person. Do I know them or is it, are you talking like walking Cast. up to Adam Driver? I'll like stare at Adam Driver from like 500 feet away. Like that's my plan. I think if I point if I see Jonas and I have a chance, I would go up to him and say, like, show him the tie and be like, you know, I, I created Mix All Things Happen. And, oh, so I, oh, yeah. I don't know if I revealed to everybody. That's true. I got a custom made uh, Make Solo 2 Happen tie that I'm going to be wearing. So look for that tonight. Yeah, look for that tonight. When you're watching the live broadcast. Yeah, the live broadcast, I forget what time it starts. Um, 5.30. 5.30 East. Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, look for the live stream there. So I'll be wearing an all black suit with a uh, white, uh, yellow pocket square and a Make Solo 2 Happen tie with a logo, yellow logo on it, and fresh Adidas sneakers, black, white wall sneakers. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my E fashion Joan Rivers rundown of what <laughs> I got. They're going to be like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, what's the name brand from Coles? And that's going to be my dress shirt probably. <laughs> but um, no, I like my suit. I think I got it finally all together. Um, Lacey, what do you got going on? You're wearing like a dress, a nice little dress. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing a dress, which is funny because people don't usually see me dress up. So it'll be cool. Did you get, did you get your hair did? I will eventually. Not right now. <laughs> Currently right, yeah. not. Accurate. Yeah, so it's, it's funny when Lacey was like, so uh, you find, you know, you'll be able to find something to do by yourself, I'm sure, uh, from 12 to 4 o'clock, I'm getting my hair done. 1 to 3. At, Just uh, one, 1 to 3. <laughs> 1 to 3. I was like, what? That's crazy. But yeah. You said, quote, it's so weird. And I said, it's not that weird. <laughs> All right. Well, what are you going to do? Um, I'm excited, James, though. James, are you going to try to like spot, are you going to be able to watch and try to spot us and see if you can like... Um, are you going to be doing any like tweeting or anything uh, back That's home? That's 8.30 Eastern. Yeah. On a Monday? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see what's going on. Because, yeah, we have to plan but like... Mondays, yeah, I don't think we... No I don't think I'm normally doing anything. I mean, I would normally probably try to watch it. It's usually cool because there's a lot of interviews and yeah. feels like even when you're not there, they try to do a job of like saying like, hey, this is what's going on tonight, so... Right. 
We should take um, a picture of our like this, and then James can Photoshop himself in. James will wear a suit and Photoshop himself in. Yeah. No, just um, his make solo two happen sweatshirt. Yeah, right. That's the hot item. No one has it. No um, one has that. No, it, I'm curious, like, because it's funny. When I went to TLJ and I saw certain people, I was like, oh, that's interesting. John Favreau's here. And then I saw, like, Donald Faison and certain people. And then, you know, you fast forward a year or two and the projects that they're in are announced and come out. So, um, obviously, Favreau with The Mandalorian, which wasn't announced yet at the time. And then you have um, uh, Resistance and those actors and stuff like that. And I saw a few other people that, oh, oh what, Gina or... Um, Karana. No, no, no. Uh, Janina uh, Gavankar. Oh, she yeah. wound up being in Battlefront 2. So all these people were there that I knew of in the Star Wars space, but I didn't know why they were maybe there at that event. And then all of a sudden they have mm-hmm. all these projects coming out. So, Lacey, we should like try to keep an eye on like what type of people are there and maybe we'll get an idea of, oh, I wonder if they're going to be involved in a Star Wars project in the future. So that, that type of thing is always cool to me. We're going to see people we know like Clayton Sandell is going to be there um who's uh now uh one of our mvp guests he was on the mando fan show recently he filled mm-hmm. in for us um i think you is is ellie gonna be there no oh he's not gonna be there okay uh but there's gonna be a few people we know so i'm excited because like i said last time i didn't really know that many people um so i'm uh more pumped this time to go and i'm just really excited to see the movie um and I, i'm curious if they're gonna do a purple red carpet or if it's gonna be a red carpet like it was for the last Jedi, but that'll be interesting to see. Um, and then of blue, be, oh blue, maybe yeah. But they always do some sort of a ship. So for the last Jedi, it was the giant ATM six, like the Gorilla Walkers. I wonder if they're going to bring the Falcon back for this one, or or is there like a new f- ship in this one? The Whisper, the Tie Whisper, maybe. Yeah, they could do that. Yeah, or maybe they'll. I do mean, there's th- the one that like maybe Lando flies or. Um, the like Ray's parent ship thing that it right. like nobody can know if that's the right one or not. You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe about. they the set race- up just like Death Star wreckage and like have water. Yeah, the reason stuff. I say oh, whisper be- is because it's in everything. It's on posters. It's in the sure. clip. It's- yeah. It's uh no, we're just really excited to attend. Um, and again, you know, thanks so much to uh, Val Disney and Lucasfilm for um for for sending us along and uh, I'll have a review up on star Wars Newsnet Wednesday morning, non-spoiler review. Uh, that's when the embargo lifts. And then James is coming out. Uh, we'll get into more of that later, but James is going to be coming out to Connecticut. And we're all going to go see it together and do some stuff out here. So non-spoiler social embargo releases tonight at 10 PM Pacific. So if you don't 10? want any info, don't yeah. go online after 10 PM tonight Pacific. Right. And it, it, even though it is non-spoiler, some people may slip up and, and that sort yes. of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so we're really excited and um, more coverage on the way. But now we are going to get into the meat of the show. Resistance Report. James Bainey putting hot <laughs> spicy mustard all Put- over this thing, right? Are you Harley Quinn and I'm Joker? Call yes. me Putin. Pudding. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what kind of mustard you were just talking about, so I tried to see that didn't work. Out. Honey mustard. Honey mustard. It's the resistance. All right. The resistance report this week. Uh, four stories. A um, couple things that, uh, you know, we want to 
just kind of touch on because they're like newsworthy uh, things. But the first one I think we want to want to kick off is just something that we kind of we personally wanted to talk about, right? Um, so we had some uh, some fans of ours uh, wearing "Make Solo Two Happen" shirts. They took their picture in support at Galaxy's Edge in front of the Falcon, and somebody important took notice uh, without being tagged or anything like that. John, who was the person that uh, that you know quote tweeted this, commented, "What's going on here?" The real Ron Howard. At the real Ron Howard? Yeah. Who's that? He is the director. Is that JJ's cousin? No. He's Bryce Dallas Howard's <laughs> dad. Oh. And he directed Solo A Star Wars Story. Survived, uh, uh, saved it from the muck that was left behind and turned mm-hmm. it into a wonderful movie that we all love so much that we want to see a sequel. And I think what's so cool about this is that we just quote tweeted that couple that was at um, Galaxy's Edge with the shirts, uh, which I loved. They had the red and green different variations and they were so yeah. happy to be there and repping it. And I thought, I, I I always love when people do that. So we just quote tweet that all the time and say like, you know, it's great. Hashtag makes a little too happen. Didn't tag Ron Howard at all. So he just found this somehow, came across it himself which I think Unless is the he most... searches the hashtag. Or he could search the hashtag. And I, I kind of thought that maybe he occasionally goes and looks to see what's up with that. Yeah, right. So he just took it upon himself to comment and say, you guys are making me smile. This is so great. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the tweet in front of me, unfortunately, what he said. But um, And then it turns out we have this, obviously, there's this account that an anonymous fan of ours created for us to capture the handle way to get your handle very smart person <laughs> and now we're going to be using the account it's at make solo to happen and uh ron howard now follows that account so that's very <laughs> very cool so crazy yeah that's pretty nuts i make stupid yeah. faces but that is really crazy. ron howard follows 317 people and one of it is <laughs> at make solo to happen <laughs> So we have to we have to just be a phrase that John came up with years ago and had no clue that uh, a while down the line Ron Howard is going to be like that's pretty cool look at that follow <laughs> right. yeah, it's, it's so yeah it's so ridiculous John like if, he, if you see him tonight are you going to say something yeah one hundred percent yeah I have to <laughs> uh, I will take my tie and just be like Ron. No, uh, but no, you I, just yeah, give absolutely. it to him. You're like, here, this you could just have it. You know what? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe I will. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but it's just it's just so cool that he just found it. It wasn't like one of those things. You know, people always tag celebrities and stuff in tweets, yeah. and sometimes mm-hmm. they give it a like out of kindness. But he wasn't tagged at all, and that's I thought the most interesting part. And then him following that account, um, I thought was really cool. So. And I don't think that necessarily means anything other than he loves the support. And he's also, again, like James was saying about Michelle Regwan and John Kasdan, he's fully aware of the movement still, and uh, he he supports it and that sort of thing. So that's all I got on it. I don't know about you guys. Lacey, anything to add to that? I mean, not really. It's just super, super cool. It's exciting. And if we were to ever run into him, we'll definitely be like, Ron, it's us. (laughs) Um, no, it's just really I, cool. Yeah, I had a, um, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine that I haven't like talked to in a long time, Eric Miller. He said he was going to start paying attention to the show. <laughs> um, 
But uh, but he says, yeah, uh, I posted that I went to the global press conference on my Instagram and I hardly ever post on there, but he doesn't follow on Twitter. So he just has no clue what I'm doing in my life. And then I posted that and he's like, why didn't you tell me you went to this? And I was like, oh, dude, let's catch up. You know, and I started telling him a whole bunch of stuff about the make solo Two happen and all this. (laughs) And he was like, one of the first things he said was he's like, I'm so glad that there that you and there are people that are still positive about this franchise because I like it. You know, I'm really happy with it. And I feel like all I ever see is negative stuff. And I was like, dude, you just might need a new space because all I ever see is positive stuff. And it's like very rarely that we ever like encounter like, well, there's always going to be that one guy, you know, there's Mm -hmm. always going to be those people. But for the most part, I feel like people really heavily support like solo. And he, I think I could be wrong. I think he even said that solo was like a huge surprise to him. And it's like exactly what he wants out of the star Wars movies and stuff. So I was like, Oh, you know, this might be a good thing to bring up when we're talking about the Ron Howard thing. Even my friends that love solo, the people are still unaware that it's like a thing, like make solo to happen and that there's this huge support. So whenever you guys have the opportunity to use it, use it because it's working. It's working on like a very big scale, you know? Yeah. It's a, a, yeah, without a doubt. And I, you know, I know other people have been uh, using it regularly. It's part of like the vernacular now when people talking about when, when anytime someone talks about a sequel to solo, that's the hashtag used. It's like a staple now. It's not just the movement itself, which is really cool. Um, And again, you know, we're, we're keeping it going. And I think as the calendar turns to 2020, we're going to have more plans in place. And sometimes you fall backwards into things with this thing, like, like, like James did with Michelle Redjuan, like not everything is going to be a plan, but we're going to make sure you guys are aware when we do make contacts like that or hear like cool things that could at least keep the spark going about the movement. So anyway, they're listening. Yeah. Yep. They're listening. Someone told me that once they're like, I know it sounds like PR things, but trust me, they're always watching and they're always listening. I'm like, well, I read that on, uh, it was on Reddit. Actually, they say there's microphones Lucasfilm has in the walls yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. of everyone's house. That's how they get the report. That's I mean, honestly, um, they speaking from my own experience of working in like social media and marketing and stuff, you have weekly meetings where they ask you what's everybody talking about like that's a thing people do on a regular basis so if people are constantly talking about this or if it was a big trend like it was for like two three weeks Mm -hmm. they know about it everyone knows about it yeah that's a good point well another thing everybody knows about because they released (laughs) it (laughs) love it on their youtube channel uh was a rise of skywalker kind of Kind of like behind the scenes, a little bit of like um, uh, the propaganda, I guess. It's like they're trying to build up the story about uh, friendship and and what this means to not just like you guys saw the one that was on the AMAs. It was more about the uh, cultural impact. This one was more about like how the cast and the creators of this uh, are are involved together. You know what I mean? And how they they share their relationships. Um, among many generations. So, Lacey, I'm going to start with you on this. Uh, I, I assume you watched this video. What did you think of it? 
I loved it. I love these kind of behind the scenes things. And over the summer when they released that trailer for D23, part of me was super disappointed that it wasn't a behind the scenes reel like this because we'd gotten them for previous films where you talk about the production and stuff like that. But I loved how this one included the old cast and the new cast, but then also just showed everybody that they had fun making it. Like, despite all the drama and kind of behind-the-scenes whispers and rumors and stuff, when you get to see video footage of them having a good time and them interacting with each other and talking about how much fun these films were to make, it leaves you with a different feeling than reading an article about it because you get to see the excitement on their faces. And then also it paints a picture for people to see how many people are involved in these films. I think oftentimes people forget exactly how many people are on these productions from costumes to sound to video production to the actors to the writers to like, yeah, there's two main writers, but there's a writing team that's involved. There are assistants and PAs and all these other things. So it always bothers me when people are so quick to be negative about things or nitpick on movies because I'm like, come on, guys, there are so many people that work their butts off for this movie. So I'm just happy to see stuff like this where it's like fun moments that the cast, specifically Daisy and John, have kind of grown up with these movies. You know, they started in their young 20s, but now they're getting into their older 20s, which from my own perspective, I'm a very different person than I was at 21 compared to 28 to now. So it's just always fun to see. Yeah, that's a huge point, Lacey. I, I don't think there was a person who did who watched this video that wasn't going like, who the heck is that person just standing there next to Daisy <laughs> yeah. Ridley? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do you just, would you just put on like white shorts and a handkerchief and then you just walked on the set? Like what is right. going on? Who are all these people? Um, uh, I, I know specifically like there's one scene where like uh, it looks like JJ and Daisy and the, there's like an, a lady just standing there. And I'm like, I know she's very important and everybody on set knows who that lady is, but I don't. No one right. does. Yeah, you know, right. it's just one of those things. And, and it makes you think like, how did you get to that point where people were just cool with you being on the rise of Skywalker set, you know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, how are you not leaking everything? I don't know. I'm just kidding. But, uh, but John, what were your thoughts on this video? Yeah. I mean, everything Lacey said pretty much, um, you, and base, I, I like to pair things and connect dots. And when you watch this video and then you hear the interviews over the course of them making this movie, and little tidbits like they were able to improvise a little and have a little more loosey goosey fun and during doing certain things with during certain scenes instead of a rigid like stick to the pages thing that a lot of movies do. Um, I feel like JJ was a little more uh, relaxed, even though the pre- the stakes are high with this one. It felt like it was a fun production, and all of them are kind of making it sound like that really bled through onto the frames. Uh, you could see this cast having a fun adventure uh, and in, in a fun adventure in the story and in them making this. And like Boyega said, it felt like senior year of high school. Cause you know, it's the end right now. Uh, so we just kind of took the training wheels off and just like let loose and had fun and whatever cliche you want to say took, you know, took, got let go of mom, dad's hand and just like did our thing. 
Um, it's great. And it's a feel good type of clip. It's interesting when, if you want to, if you're a behind the scenes type of person, you want to try to point people out that you may know from costume design or set people. Um, the, the, and the, the highlight for me as a Chewbacca guy was seeing Chewbacca, like cuddling BB-8 and holding him like a, like a little baby, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like Jonas with the, with the BB-8 and I don't know, just everything about the clip made me feel good. And uh, I, I feel like we really, you know, need this type of stuff to, to remind us why we love this franchise in the first place. Um, as, uh, as, you know, unimportant as this clip may be in the long term, uh, it's a nice little reminder that not only, like Lacey said, how many people are involved in making these things, uh, they put their heart and soul into these things. And we just watch, you know, a dozen of them on the screen and applaud them on the stage at the premieres and that sort of thing. But it's thousands of people involved all over the place to make this happen. And especially the people that are going to be bringing Leia to life in, in ILM, like the countless amounts of hours and frame by frame and stuff that must have went into that. We're just going to see it and people are going to be like, oh, that was cool. But it takes a lot. And uh, I like reminding us, reminding ourselves as fans and other fans, what goes into making these things happen that we so quickly just take in. Um, last thing I wanted to say about it too is I, and I kind of said at the beginning, I said it was kind of like a piece of propaganda because I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but like you can tell the way that it's cut, go watch it again. You might not have even noticed this. They very specifically will put like a scene of Carrie Fisher back in the day. She points to the camera and then it'll cut to her, like on the force awakens set pointing at the camera. Um, then there's like a scene with Han and, uh, Luke and on Return of the Jedi, and they're like holding, like he's holding his like waist, sort of. And then like they cut to John Boyega and Oscar Isaac on set, and he's like touching him in the in a very similar way. Like there's a lot actually in there that they're they're kind of like bait and switch. Like here's this thing that you love. See the new cast is doing the same thing. Um, it's not just these people had That's fun. Point, these yeah. people had just as close of a connection. And they're really like just handing that to you. Um, there's even one specifically where, where Harrison Ford is kissing Leia on the top of the head. And then the very next clip is Oscar Isaac kissing her on the head. Oh, yeah, so it's like, yeah. it's been passed again, you know? Um, so just, just go back and watch that again and look at all the little like ways that they're tying old clips to new clips, like right after each other. So and James, kind of interesting. You bring up a good point that, um, made me think of something a lot of people were upset about was that there wasn't a lot of prequel showing in this uh featurette mm -hmm. and i think you know that i don't think that was anything necessarily deliberate i think they really were just showing where this thing started and now where it's ending and even though the prequel story-wise take place before they're talking about creating this saga and uh you know bookending it so i think that and because those legacy characters were involved with this trilogy and not so much the prequel so i think it was just a matter of circumstance and not any kind of deliberal deliberate uh jab at uh, the prequels in any way i think they were just trying to focus on that element of the, here's the beginning and here's the end and how those people connect to the end here because they were in the originals and now they're returning for this trilogy. So uh, I, I hope people don't really don't take it as a slight. I understand why kids who grew up with the prequels may fe have felt slighted by that, but it, it was definitely not an intentional thing. Mm -hmm. um, well, since we're on the subject of uh, ending the saga and how JJ is approaching that, let's go ahead and talk about this New York times article that came out. Oh boy. Um, 
I I had planned on uh, asking John or, to start with this or whatever, but it's been a little while since we've heard with Lacey. Um, heard from Lacey. I actually uh, want to so, hear John talk about this too. He got a little spicy on Twitter about it, so I actually want to start with John too. I agree with you. Okay. All right. Well, John. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Yes, we, we, this this whole big article was it was put together, and it was just kind of like a whole background of how this whole thing came to be. Right. Let's look at the beginning. Yep. Let's look at what happened in the middle. And it was just kind of a, a a piece that kind of looked at the whole big picture. And in some of this stuff, JJ said a couple candid thi- candid things. I don't know. Some people were running with maybe this is a an, a different way to look at what we thought was happening. John, mm-hmm. go ahead and uh, uh, say what you know your thoughts on this article were, and maybe a little bit on the social media reaction to the article. Yeah, I think um, chain reaction sort of thing, and that whole telephone game really comes into play when it comes to social media reaction. Um, but I'll go back first and talk about the article. For for one, I didn't think this was any that any big reveal article. Uh, you know, expose the Warren commission of the Kennedy assassination. (laughs) Like we're uncovering the truth of, uh, I didn't see any of that. Um, it was them talking about making it and all the beats that we've heard before. And there's even quotes from JJ Abrams saying that he praised the last Jedi for, um, taking chances and doing new things. We've heard JJ Abrams say before, Ryan Johnson's risks caused, uh, led to him wanting to take more chances with this movie. Um, you know, 99.99% of the time JJ Abrams has spoken about The Last Jedi, it's been in a positive light. Or, and even if you want to say in, in, uh, inspiring light, saying like he, him taking those risks want me to step away from the safety net and take more chances. So, um, you know, people took a screenshot of JJ's quotes, one of which saying something about... um, I have it. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, if you can read it, yeah. So the first part of the quote was, which they left out, was Abrams praised The Last Jedi for being, quote, full of surprises and subversion and all sorts of bold choices. The next quote, which is the only thing people screenshotted, was, on the other hand, which, first of all, when someone says, on the other hand, there's a first part of that hand... That you right. need to include in <laughs> said the statement. the first hand, yeah. Yes. They just went right to Luke in Return right. of the Jedi. You know, no hand. Or no. <laughs> so he said, on the other hand, he added, it's a bit of a meta approach to the story. I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told this doesn't matter. Now, what he's referring to is that he set up a lot of questions in TFA, which we've openly talked about a lot on the show in our TFA commentary on Patreon. We've said there are a lot of like, who's the girl? What does this mean? Kenobi speaks. What is all of this about? Ryan chose his choice, his bold choice to say, it doesn't matter. She's a nobody. Snoke doesn't matter. He's dead. That was his choice. That's what JJ saying is like, and some people didn't like that. They went into the movie expecting for questions to be answered and they weren't. That is literally all he's saying in the statement. After that, it says, even so, like even with saying that, he said the movie, (laughs) The Last Jedi laid groundwork for the rise of Skywalker and quote, a story that I think needed a pendulum swing in one direction in order to swing it back in another. So he's saying there was an importance in change there. 
Um, he has said multiple times he didn't want to do this whole trilogy. He, he I think he embraces the fact that someone else took it mm-hmm. and ran mm-hmm. with it so that he can tackle it from a new, fresh, creative perspective. If you just keep doing things on the, on the same line, your inspiration kind of dwindles a bit. But if you hand off the ball and someone else takes it and then you join back up over here a bit later, you're like, whoa, what is this? What's this new toy to play with? What's that? Where are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It allows him to fire his new uh, creative juices. So there's even in this article, which people are pointing as the reason why J.J. Abrams is a jerk and he should be apologizing to Ryan Johnson. <laughs> throwing Ryan under the bus was said a lot. If I got a Can dollar stop for every with time the someone... throwing under the bus thing. <laughs> Have you ever been thrown under a bus? I haven't, but I bet it's not very good. First of all, J.J. said in an interview, I'm pretty sure right before this with either Rolling Stone or Variety, one of those guys where they were and guys is in like outlet before someone yells at me. It's not a guy. Um, (laughs) He stated that he started this story. He knew that decisions were going to be made after he left, just like what he's done with television before, where you hand off characters like he did with lost or whatever to other people, you start it and you expect them to do something else with it. He openly said, look, if I did the second one, eight, I would have made different choices than Ryan, just like he would have made different choices for episode seven than I would have made. Which anybody would. Right. I mean, John, if you and I made a movie, your movie would be very different from my movie, and my movie would be very different from James's movie. That's just how humans operate. (laughs) If James went to the grocery store and got a bunch of (laughs) ingredients to make a pie, and then he put those ingredients on the table... In two separate rooms and said, Lacey, you make a pie and John make a pie. We're making two different pies. What kind of pie are you making? <laughs> to be, yeah, we'll find out. No, I'm asking. What kind of oh, pie would you make? Oh, whichever one hurts the least when James smashes it in my face. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, you know, the people, you know, then the, the telephone game happens here. And I, James, I want to bring you into this too, but people get a screenshot of the one quote. Then everyone takes that. That goes viral, so that's in a bubble. And everyone just sees that as that's J.J. Abrams' gospel about The Last Jedi. Without and the source, no source line. No source, no yeah. nothing. And again, even this article that people point to as the reason why J.J. Abrams should be apologizing and all this stuff, 90% of what he says here is positive about The Last Jedi. So it's just, it got so out of hand, and I got so mad because you have blue <laughs> check marks on Twitter who I've never even heard of BuzzFeed writers, I don't even know that was still a website, to be honest with you, saying J.J. Abrams should be apologizing to Ryan Johnson. J.J. Abrams sucks. J.J. Abrams doesn't get it. Uh, The Last Jedi was 10 times better than anything J.J. Abrams could ever do. Just like all this awful vitriol. And it made me think, like, are we now entering a point where you had the people who hate The Last Jedi and they were like the villain of fandom or the bad people in fandom. But now you have the people who love The Last Jedi, who love it so much that they want to hate anything that may even criticize The Last Jedi. So it's like that adage again in like the Dark Knight, like you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And ironically enough, if you are going to start bashing JJ's uh, new story in The Rise of Skywalker or JJ Abrams himself, you're doing exactly what you defended against back when The Last Jedi came out. So I, I think people need to turn that onto themselves and realize that you're, it's hypocrisy in a sense. And I think I got so angry and wanted to tweet about it because I don't like get, getting into it. I like keeping it positive and stuff as much as I can. 
I just can't deal with another like year or two of fan divisiveness over a Star Wars movie. And in this case, it would be just because of an agenda, because you want to defend Ryan Johnson uh, without any critique whatsoever. It's just there's no rational, responsible reason to behave that way. And I just hope, I hope I'm wrong. I, I, I hope it just doesn't create another new thing that we all have to deal with for the next year or two, because I don't know if we're going to make it out. And I think that's one of the blessings for this saga ending is that we can all start fresh and not have all these vested interests in, in what we think should be happening or what's happening. Well, well said. good job bringing me back in. Um, <laughs> James, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, James, well, I mean, what do you think? Because yeah. I know that I saw John's tweets. You didn't really go on a spicy tweet thread. So what do you, would, what do you think about all this? cilantro. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't really see a whole lot of bashing JJ on this. It was trending. Um, Ryan and Last Jedi was trending all day that day with like 16,000 tweets and they were all saying that. 35,000 by yeah. the time we recorded. Oh, sorry. 35,000. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I just like totally missed it or something. I think like I, I saw... John, you've said this before too. I felt like I saw more people including yourself, like rolling your eyes and complaining about the complainers than I saw actually people complaining. Um, that That's how it felt to me. Uh, I guess away on, from that, what do you think of the quotes then? Away from the yeah, social yeah, yeah. stuff, what do you think of the quotes yeah. from JJ? The the thing was, is I, I know I, I started reading the article and the first thing they say is like, JJ Abrams says he's bad at endings. And I was like, well, this is interesting because I feel like he's worked really hard in the last couple months to separate himself from some of the fictions that people say about J.J. Abrams, you know, um, including like the mystery box thing. He's like, people always bring up the mystery box thing. I'm, I don't do that, you know, <laughs> um, and he's just trying to clarify some of this stuff. But one of the things that people always say about J.J. Abrams is that he's bad at endings. And here he is in this article saying that he's bad at endings. That's the headline that the author, the the writer of the article chose to go with um, in, a, in a weird way, just what we were saying before. Then the follow up to that is he doesn't think he's good at anything. So I think what you can kind of take away from that is JJ isn't really saying I actually look at my whole career and yes, I agree with all the fans. I'm bad at endings. I think he's saying he's just being self-deprecating. Right. You know, He's saying, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's not genius here to, to know it's really easy to start a story for anybody. You know, mm -hmm. Bob goes to the market. All right. There, the story set. Somebody else want to take it over from here. Right. Yeah. And then to, to say, all right, well, what happens after he gets out of the market? It's like, well, shoot, somehow I got to make it interesting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard to start a story uh or it's easy to start a story it's harder to make it um an interesting captivating story especially when it comes to closing it um so i i don't think there's anything uh you know special there and i don't think anybody is really like good at endings like what director out there is going like i don't i'm not very good at creating things but i can really wrap things up <laughs> put me on the final <laughs> movie of it 
of a trilogy <laughs> or a franchise. Yeah, James, I, I don't know. It? I think everybody probably has that problem, but it's weird that the, the, the author chose of the article chose to go with like, that's the headline. Um, again, um, when JJ says some of these things, remember there's, there's somebody else interpreting the thoughts and writing their own story around it. Right. Then there's people reading that story and putting their thoughts and how they're observing what they're taking in and, and repeating what they're reading. Right. The information that they're gathering. And even if you go all the way back to the source and say, no, this is exactly the word that JJ said, and here's the audio to it, JJ still could be in a position where like, I don't know, he just, he didn't really mean it like that. Yeah, I said right. that, but the, I, I think I, I think I worded it poorly when I did that interview. You know, it's like, I don't know why we, we put so much on like, even though it's clear the path that it, that information took to get to you. It's still like JJ said to a guy, the guy rewrote it. Now this person is reading it. Then it's screen capped. Then you're seeing it on your Twitter feed. Bingo. It's like, that's a lot of pass through right Right. there. And you know, the whole, um, you made me think of this again. There's like, you keep making points tonight, James. That makes me think of other things like, um, that's, that's called teamwork folks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) When you like James, uh, JJ saying, I'm not good at endings and I'm not good at anything. It reminds me of the end of eight mile when he has that rap battle battle and he just roasts himself and he's like, here, tell these mm. people something they don't know about me. And the guy has nothing to say. So yeah. JJ just like, if I just say I can't do endings, then nobody has anything else to say. Like, right. It's controlling <laughs> the narrative of what JJ is all about. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I so think J- that <laughs> this story though, a lot of, c- coming out of it was not just the JJ comments was once again, the John Boyega comments. People are really mad at him. And Mm. I don't understand why, because someone made a fabulous point, Mm. which was several months ago, a large group of people did not like game of Thrones. Mm. Emilio Clark came out and said, I didn't like the ending probably because her character dies. Spoiler alert. I've never watched it, but I just know that. (laughs) Uh, She said that killed Dumbledore. Right. And people were, and she was like, I didn't like the ending. And people were like, hooray, Emilio, way to go. Then eight months later, John Boy goes, you know what? I didn't really like The Last Jedi. I respect it. I had fun doing it. Did he even say that though? Not really. I'm just like kind of paraphrasing right now. That's what I'm saying. My my point is, is that he didn't really say he didn't like it. He just said that there were things that he didn't like, like being separated or he didn't feel like his character got enough story. If you've seen from the marketing so far, John Boyega is in everything. So like we talked about weeks ago with Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels, which people got mad about that too. People saying, hey, I wish I had more lines. And people were like, how dare you take lines from Daisy? No one said that. They just right. said they wanted more screen time. They right. just liked working together. They right. wish they could work together more. And also, Amelia... he's ahead. a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So if he doesn't like something, he's allowed to not like it. He sat on Hot Ones and said Anakin could kill Rey in a second and right. hold all of us while force choking us while we, while he did it. Right. That's his opinion. He's allowed to have opinions. Right. And it drives me nuts when right. people are like, well, how dare you? say that he you know anakin is the best how dare you do that to ray he's not doing it to ray he's just being a fan and i don't like tally i don't like palpatine that doesn't make me a bad person 
It's a fake story. They're not even real oh, people. Oh my goodness. That's what I get spicy about. I'm like, let the guy be a fan. And Lacey, Amelia <laughs> yeah. Clark did it. Did you like, like that movie? A like week after. 99% on Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes. And and they're like, oh, what was the 1%? You're like, well, I don't know. Maybe this could have changed a little bit. And it's like, Bah! Yeah, You're I right. didn't like yeah. Haldo's hair color. Yeah. People were like, "Lazy, how dare you?" Yeah, yeah. No, I would have, I would have maybe bus. done that differently. I would have made different choices <laughs> if I were making that movie. To to the point, like uh, the Emily Clark thing, it's a great like hypocrisy again. Like she, like Game of Thrones was fresh out of the oven, like finishing up, <laughs> and sure. she's like speaking about it, and like, oh, I didn't, it didn't go how I thought, and blah blah blah. At least, like, Boyega waited, like, two years. Yeah. And he, he's been, I, in my opinion, the best ambassador for the franchise in the last five years. Uh, maybe not even just out of the new cast, out of anybody. He sure. is always making appearances, always has a smile on his face, always keeping it fun, still on social media, interacting with the fans. Um, had to deal with, like, the like let's not let's not forget like Daisy and Kelly Marie Tran double stuff. This guy was like getting race uh, co- racial comments made about him too uh, when the Force Awakens came out. Sure, like, people forget about that, and he just he dealt with it, he weathered it, and he kept going. Like to to I, this so you could point. He yeah, laughed people, while oh, getting free TVs for Oscar Isaac. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what's something you could point the finger at whoever you want, but I would think Boyega would be like one of the last people to do that to. So, mm-hmm. um, I just I just hope that the good fans, the rational, common sense thinking fans, uh, we know are the majority, may be less of a silent majority, and let's try to like kind of take fandom back in a way and make sure that Lucasfilm and Disney and stuff knows that like this thing is not imploding. Like most of the people do still love star Wars very much. And um, I'm just, that's why I got so mad because I don't want to get the fandom getting hijacked by like just crazy irrational thinkers. But at the end of the day, the quotes that JJ said about the meta storylines and people don't like things, you know, unanswered, it's true. My husband went to Last Jedi. I had no idea what's going on. If I asked him what happened, he'd still not know because he doesn't get it because he doesn't know Star Wars. Yeah. So it's not like JJ said anything that's not true. And he's allowed to have those opinions because the general public doesn't get it. And that's fair. And I love The Last Jedi. And uh, right. when, I, when I reviewed it, I gave it a great review and people told me I should burn in hell. But I, I'm at the you point. You did say unfamiliar at times. I did call. I did say it was unfamiliar at times. Yeah, that's true. Um, I but I'm at the point now where I'm like I'm like so tired of it because of the people that are defending it so hard that it's making me want to go like punk rock and be like, you know what? It wasn't as good as you think it was because I'm just tired of the the Ryan Johnson TLJ narrative or bust that's kind of shown its face like. Get out of here. Like, I love TLJ, but it's two years now. We have a new Star Wars movie coming out in like, I'm watching it in like two hours. <laughs> Can we just move Depending on? Depending on when you're listening to this, you may have already seen it. I mean, like already six seen it. hours. <laughs> just, yeah. Just move on. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> a lot. You know who's not moving happening. on? And that would be. Kylo Ren's feelings about the Jedi Charles Temple. Soul? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Charles Soul is a sweet, he's an angel. 
<laughs> yeah. Troll soul. We uh we have one more story <laughs> in the resistance report. Um now I think we've said everything that we can about that. I think there's a lot to say about the fandom in general. Nobody, you know, hey, split the cookie with your friend, man. The last thing you want to happen is like your mom to take just take your cookies away from you, right? I was waiting for John it's to better just better to like, have half a cookie all. than fighting to try to get the whole cookie, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this though, Charles Stroll. Okay, so last week we we got a couple um comic announcements, right? Uh, we already knew that the rise of Kylo Ren was happening. Um, there was also a couple of uh, snippets from upcoming uh, Star Wars comics, including a new one uh, feature uh, called Bounty Hunters featuring character from the um, Target Vader series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, the big thing here, I think, is that they actually started to show us a little bit of, of what's going to be inside this new Kylo Ren thing. And as soon as uh, it's connected somehow to like the mainline story and we can get details on stuff uh people go nuts so there's a hundred comics out there and this is the one we want to talk about right yeah um lacy let's uh let, let's dive into this so we got a little bit of a snippet what were what were your thoughts do you think this is going the right direction there was a couple reveals here i think um yeah kylo ren is at the jedi temple i don't think a lot happens but you get to see more of like where his head's at after Luke is like wakes him up from sleep, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then you realize that there he didn't kill everybody because people come back and they're like, what's going on? Um, but yeah, he tells them that Luke tries to kill them and they're just like, there's no way. And it just makes me kind of sad. So I'm interested to see where the story's going. I literally took the exact opposite of that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. I, I was hear like, it. go ahead. This kid sucks, man. <laughs> like this kid is like, okay, that whole that whole thing happened and and maybe there's some truth to like, look, if you're in a situation you wake up and like your your uncle's like got a gun <laughs> over your bed, okay? It's a weird mm-hmm. situation, right? Right. But we kind of know that the that situation wasn't exactly what he assumed it was and he like flipped his lid, started killing, burning down all this stuff. And then the people come back and they're like, whoa, chill out. Hold on. What's going on? And he's mm-hmm. like, you guys suck. I'm the best. I I was clearly the, the prize student here. Right. You're trash. You're not even Jedi. And, and he's like threatening them and stuff. And I was like, this dude has just like lost it. This kid sucks. I don't feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this kid sucks. Yeah, he does. It felt I was very like, prequel Anakin to me. Mm. Yes. Yeah. That, and that's, that's the thing is like, I think that one of the reasons people don't like that movie is it felt like the switch happened too quick. And then all of a sudden he's like whining. He's like, um, hey, I know we've spent like, you know, my entire life getting to know each other, but uh, I'm with the Emperor. You with me? No? Okay, you suck! You're <laughs> dying! I'm gonna kill you, Obi-Wan Kenobi! The worst person ever. Oh, my wife? Yeah. She's dead. Don't even worry about her. So, I, it's just, it's kind of one of those things. So, John is split the tie here. <laughs> the sound effects and everything. James Bainey's doing yeah. the whole audiobook here. <laughs> You're dead! <laughs> you did. Mark Thompson, watch your back. Right. Um <laughs> Shandrilla now. Yeah. Um no, I, I feel <laughs> I feel I'm more with James on that because I still feel like Ben had his point of view on how that situation happened and Luke had his. 
And we're not really sure what the definitive, you know, occurrence was. I seem to, I, I want to lean on maybe Luke's point of view there. And he did admit fa- uh, fault. Um, but Ben obviously has his point of view and, and that's fine. But then, like you said, it's, and he's like, he's dead. Like Skywalker's dead. Uh, you know, he's gone. And those three I killed him. Yeah. I killed him. He's gone. You three aren't Jedi. <laughs> and uh, I'm, you didn't know what was going on here the whole time. I've always been the one like, so But isn't it possible that you're that hurt that your reaction is to have a very like outward, like you all suck, but I'm just playing devil's advocate here. But his narrative is that this was the, the deal the whole time. And he Mm. tried to, he's tried his best to, Take his entitlement away. I'm not the coach's son. You know, that whole thing. I'm just one of the team, one of the kids on the team. And then he's like, he had enough and he raised down. He's like, this is how I've always thought. I'm the guy. Like, I'm the one. Like, like, you know. So, it's, but Luke did try to kill him though. Okay. Okay. He, hear me out right he here. Didn't. Right. If, if, if I was sleeping and John walked into the room and John attempted to kill me, but in turn, I flipped it on him and killed John mm-hmm. and I walk out of the room and Lacey, you go, what just happened in there? How would you expect me to react to that? Would you want me to say you suck too, Lacey? I think you were in on it the whole, th- I'm going to kill you too. But that's right? not or what would happens, you want to be like, what I don't know what just the- happened. Hold on. What happens though, is that he says he tried to kill me and the guy goes, Luke would never do that. Like there is a defense there. And then there's the other person that's, that's like, wait, hold on, guys. What's going on? Like, let's everybody calm down. And then that's when, it, you know, I almost said Anakin. That's when Kylo, like, gets even more angry ben, because he's like, yeah, Ben, Kylo, whatever, uh, gets even more angry. <laughs> gets even more angry. <laughs> um because that one guy, and I'm blanking on the name, is like kind of poking him, being like, oh, Luke would never do that. Like, my, me personally, if I came to you and said, this terrible thing just happened to me, and your first reaction is, that's not true. That could never happen to you. My immediate reaction is going to be anger because you don't believe what I'm saying. But I, I don't like the analogy because you coming up to me would be in like, I imagine some setting where everything around us wasn't on fire. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. It's like, you wouldn't believe what Tom Hanks just said to me. He said he was going to murder my family. And it's like... (laughs) That's true. Everything is on fire. Like if I walk... Yeah, I show up to Lacey's house and, and her whole house is on fire. She's like, you won't believe what my neighbor just tried to do to me. And I'd be like, all right, well, uh, clearly there's something going on here. Um, but if you were, if she was just standing in her house and like, you won't believe my neighbor tried to kill me. I'm like, I probably need just a little evidence. But when the whole thing's yeah. burning down and like everything is just destroyed because you did it, then. But did they say he did it though? I think he implied, didn't he? Isn't it implied that he, he's like Skywalker's dead. I think there's yeah, more to the story I, here that we're not seeing, obviously. That's fair, too. True. But I, I do think that it is implied that Kylo Ren was the... Or, or Ben, in this case, Freudian slip, well, I mean, was the one who was, like, causing all the fire. Those two Jedi taking credit stuff. for it. Those two Jedi ignite yeah. their sabers. They're like... They, they're sensing it. They're like, he did this. And the one guy's like, no, don't. Let's talk it out. 
I sense it too. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's the James of the group. Um, the let's talk about this. Don't go crazy. And then John and I are like, <laughs> like what is happening? Are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, um, it's exciting though. I felt I, I liked it. I felt like it was a little whiny Anakin-y, but I, that's okay. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what they were going for. It's poetry, it rhymes, I get it. But um Yeah. I I, I was interested in the reveal, James. So I may actually pick this one up. All right. Plus, I think this is our first look at like the actual students too, which is kind of right. cool. Yeah. That's, um, what was that species? We, what, what's that guy's... Um, the, the tentacles. Yeah, the, the, the oh, alien one. Um, no, it's not Moncala, but it's from the same planet. Wasn't Plo um, Kloon that, or am I uh, mixing up species? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not Moncala. I don't know. Someone's someone's mad right now, but yeah, the, he he was squid face, was he not? Someone's mad. Well, we only I love do... how we always say that someone yeah. somewhere is mad right now. Because you know, because <laughs> I've been that person that's like yelling at my radio, and I'm like, it was walk the line, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it was Tom Hanks. I did say yeah. that Ben Solo looks weird in his Jedi fatigues. Like he looks like he shopped at Steve Harvey's suit store. It's very baggy. It's very loosey-goosey. It looked like my initial suit to go to the premiere. I had to get my stuff tightened up a little bit. So you know how we have that... Well, not we. You have a theory, which is somewhat true, which is when they have actresses play a younger version of themselves, they have bangs. I find that younger versions (laughs) of characters, guys, have baggier clothes. They never have properly fitting clothing. Hmm. Like Because it's... Because it's supposed to make them look awkward and like not fully. That works. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Quarren is the species? Quarren, yeah. All right. Mm. And they live on Moncala with the Moncalamari. With the flan. Um, yeah, flan. Flan. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, that's it uh, for Resistance Report. We're we're running a long show today, uh, but let's head over to the Scoundrel Rundown. Scoundrels Rundown. Mm. Ready? Punch it on three. One, two, three. Punch, punch it. it. Well done. Guys, we talked about it at the top of the show. And consistent with my brand, I was super like awkward about it, which I'm about to get awkward right now again. Don't, but- don't do it. Don't get awkward. Just do it. It's your last chance. I'm. I was just about to until you cut me off. Now you're making me feel self conscious, guys. We're going to be at the world premiere of the Rise of Skywalker tonight in LA. John and I will be, so you can follow along at Star Wars Newsnet or our personal accounts, or at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And, or StarWars.com, um, who will be live streaming it. Or that, too. I was talking from personal, personal experiences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you'll get to see me not in T-shirts, like in a Star Wars T-shirt, which is like my, my brand. Woo! But anyway... Besides that, if you haven't yet, make sure to uh, catch up on the Mando Fan Show, our show where we talk about everything Mandalorian. On Wednesday of this week, because we don't like sleep, we're going to be talking with John Roca from Collider. Um, We're going to talk about Chapter 7. And don't forget to keep collecting the Mando codes 
which you could ultimately win a Boba Fett series, Black Series helmet, which is an unreal prize. Very, mm. very cool. We've he given may be out- in the show. <laughs> he may be. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> We've given out a couple numbers so far, four to be exact, um, and two more are on the way with instructions of what to do next. And then last but not least, James is coming to Connecticut. Because this week isn't crazy enough for us. James is making his way to chilly, wintry Connecticut. Bring your big jacket, uh, because it is cold. And Mm. we're going to see the rise of Skywalker together uh, several times. And James is going to pie us in the face. And hopefully not hard. And then we're going to do other fun stuff, too. Yeah. And it's going to be great. Yes. And I can't wait. It's going to be excited. Yeah. You're going to get to go to the world famous AMC theaters in Danbury, Connecticut. Rocking. <laughs> world famous. You guys Rockin'. have the, the loun- luxury loungers? There are recliners only in several of the theaters because they only refurbish mm-hmm. one at a time. Right. The first viewing, we will have recliners, if that makes you feel I like better. the way you phrase that. Only in several of the theaters. No, I mean, it's right, but you say only implies less than half, and then you say several, and it implies more than half. Who's buying my popcorn? Only a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we can't wait. It's going to be a crazy week for us, and then we continue on to other cool things on the way. Anything to add? Nope. Good rundown. Well, awesome. Now we're going to go to John with your questions. So, Chewy... Get us out of here. You didn't do the Mighty Mug. I was waiting. That's why I paused. Oh, well, I don't always do it because James puts actual Chewy up sometimes, but there he is. Um, oh, he's angry. He, Every he, time? Chewy, Chewy must have been on Twitter today. He's angry. Look. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Um, and leave in the comments on YouTube, who should buy me my popcorn, James or Lacey? <laughs> Extra butter. Okay. Speaking oh. of... Butter, we have a first question on Ask the Resistance. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? Wait, what does it have to do with butter? You'll see. Yeah, you'll see. Okay. And this one is going to Lacey, and this is from Shannon Smith at Scuttle Butter SS. Oh. Hi, Shannon. I had a good segue going, and then there you go. Shannon Lacey had asked, Lacey, Shannon asked you, do you think Leia could appear in the Kenobi series in a hologram with Bail Organa if Bail is in the show at some point? Yes, I think she could because I think they're planning to show a little Luke, so they would have to show a little Leia at some point. And it could be just a little kid the back of their head with some buns and you could be like, Oh my God, that's Leia. Just like a couple seconds. Or it could be Bale checking in with him to let him know how things are going to get a report from him about Luke, because you have to assume that they communicated over several years leading into a new hope of how the two twins are doing. So my answer is yes. I like that answer. Um, I've, yeah, I'm almost- you're so welcome, John. It was just for you. Well, it was for Shannon really. Right. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah. Um, thank you, Shannon. We appreciate the question. Uh, next up, uh, this one's going to you, James. This is from Chris J. How are you, Chris? At Usual Gubbins. And Chris asked, do you think all we have seen in the trailers 
will appear in The Rise of Skywalker? Or do you think J.J. will go Rogue One and most of it doesn't appear in the film? Now, we are obviously right here. The movie's coming out. So this is... Mm-hmm. Here it is. It's on. Draw on the line right here. <laughs> um, well, J.J. has already shown his hand a little bit by showing us clips from... Uh, like a pre-production in like a trailer. And then later he's like updates those shots. So they look dramatically different. Um, I would also push back a little bit that most of the stuff in the Rogue One trailers did not end up in the movie. Uh, I think they, it did. I just think there were a good amount of key scenes that people uh, were excited to see that they that didn't end up making it. Um, I don't know if it was like, over 50%, like most of the footage. Um, but uh, I, I think that there will probably be scenes in the trailers that don't show up in the movie. Um, but I definitely do not think it will be anywhere near the scale that Rogue One was because they sh- they cut those trailers and then came back and mm-hmm. revamped the whole end of the movie. And I definitely don't think that's happening uh, Rise That's of Skywalker. What is funny is actually Solo didn't, it, it wasn't even as bad as Rogue One. Right. Like they shot it, reshot 80% of that movie. Um, may, and maybe that's part of the reason they waited so long to hold on on the trailers. But uh, I think, I think, I think it'll be all right. I think we'll be good. I think we're good to go here. Nice. Um, well thought out answer as always, Mr. Bainey. Um, all right. Next up, we have Nathan Pierce at All Things with Nate. Um, I'll grab this one. So Nathan asked, are you worried that the rise of Skywalker will push the classic characters aside in order to focus on the newer ones? The exact thing Hamill himself hated. Um, I mean, has, that's kind of been the whole thing from the beginning. I, I feel like this question time jumped from before the force awakens came out and arrived now about this movie, but <laughs> because, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher's passed on Han Solo is dead and Luke Skywalker's dead. So, you almost by default uh, that's already happening. So I'm not worried because it's that's the case. That's just what what the deal is. And if you look at the marketing for the film, they're like this is the new generation of heroes. If you look at the new posters, it's our new uh, heroes and villains. And if Star Wars is going to go on, that's our reality. You need to introduce new characters, new heroes, new villains. The the old ward isn't going to be around forever. I mean, look at C-3PO looking around saying one last look at my friends and they show R2-D2 and Chewbacca. And guess what? Both guys who were in that droid in that costume are gone, literally. So um, Star Wars is always going to be evolving. And I think fans need to get used to that. Um, and maybe even so, some of the actors need to kind of get used to that sort of thing. Uh, you got to pass the baton at some point. Not everyone is around and, and the hero forever. So, um, And I think the big part of this story is... Uh, the new generation taking on the burden of uh, the past and then trying to to finish this fight the right way. So, um, no, uh, to answer your question, Nathan, I'm not worried. I hope I gave you a satisfactory answer. Um, but hey John, to me, it seems inevitable. Can I jump in real quick? Sure. Because I, I always think about this when, when this question gets brought up. is like, if they did make one, two, and three before they more made four, five, and six... How would people react to them bringing in these new kids, Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, when like that we don't care about those characters? And look how they treated Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
You know what I mean? They killed him off in the first movie. And you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, right. Like he's a beloved character that was in all three movies. He's like the hero of the, that story and they kill him off in the first movie. And it's like, it's, that's, it's the way it goes. You know what I mean? I think people would just have a different reaction if it was handled that way. Right. And and when you look at it this way, it's like, look at Obi-Wan Kenobi's death in The Last Jedi, like how they treated him in Force Awakens and then brought him into the next movie and he had this like epic thing. Like, it's way better than just the simple like, whoosh, you know, straight right. through and he disappears. All right. Now, um, I think we're going to wrap it up there, but we did have a comment that I'll bring up quick from our old friend, Pat Covey. He said, don't fill up on too much pie, Lacey and John. <laughs> so Pat, Pat yeah. is very excited to see us get hit in the face with pie. So how about that? Um, and we're all excited because it's been a long time coming and I can't wait for it to be over with, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and speaking of over with, we're towards the end of the episode here, guys. So uh, I first want to... Uh, Thank all of you out there who watch and listen to TRB. We appreciate it very much. Keep spreading the word because you telling people, especially around the holidays, hell, you're into Star Wars, check out this podcast. They do two episodes a week. They're on YouTube or Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever. And subscribe and join the fun because we somehow have been able to keep a positive and fun atmosphere. And we're going to keep doing that through 2020 and beyond. Um, if you are not sick of us, uh, you can get a lot more content from us and exclusive stuff as well on patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, even just bringing up one thing, I think of tier three and up, you get access to our discord server where we have 15 channels, including spoiler and non-spoiler rooms, uh, book chats, all these different types of chats, and you get monthly mailings that uh, Lacey puts together and sends out to you with our exclusive stickers and stuff. A lot of them have inside jokes from the podcast, like Han Hans and that sort of thing, so we have a good time with there. Just to give you an example of what one of the uh, tiers does. But again, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Entry to the page, to the base, starts at $2 a month, so check it out and uh, join the fun. We appreciate that, and we appreciate our generals. I do have to say a special thank you to them. That is Carmelo, Brian Shalito, Andrew Staley, Neil Lowry, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, who's coming up on the pod race on Thursday. Looking forward to that, buddy. JG Carr, Seth Kime, Micah Harrison, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you, General, so much for your support. Couldn't do it without you. Wouldn't be here without you. I wouldn't be able to do the Mando Fan Show and all the other stuff we have planned for 2020. Trust me, it's going to be a good year. So thank you very much. Uh, guys, you see Lacey's wearing a Makes a Little Too Happen shirt. You can get that at tpublic.com slash user slash resistance broadcast. They're flying off the digital shelves. Pick them up. And that's the only <laughs> place to really get them. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and editing and writing over at starwarsnewsnet.com. Uh, James, how about you, buddy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks and the recent uh, Global Press Conference video. So if you want to go back and check that out if you haven't. Yes, you did a great job with that. Awesome video. Really brought, I felt like you brought me into the experience of being there. Uh, so great job, man, as always. Uh, Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, where tonight I will be at the premiere. Yeah, and live stream to 10 million viewers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah, we just want to say one more special thank you to Val Trichkoff, the selfless and gracious owner of StarWarsNewsNet.com uh, for uh, selecting us to represent uh, the site and the podcast. Uh, so thank you very much, Val, once again. 
And also Disney and Lucasfilm for extending the invitation to us. Uh, we're very excited and we look forward to everything that's going to happen tonight and beyond. So thank you so much. And thank all of you. Uh, we will be back on Thursday on opening day for the Rise of Skywalker, uh, where don't worry, we're going to actually do sort of a like a uh, if you ever watch the Super Bowl, like a pregame show to, to buy the time before you're showing. Uh, where we're going to talk about our favorite moments going to theaters to see Star Wars. We're going to get to your tweets, your favorite experiences, and just have a good time. Um, Nothing really too serious. Just kind of like a little pep rally for The Rise of Skywalker. So enjoy your weeks, and we'll see you on Thursday morning on The Rise of Skywalker Day right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.